Blog Talk Radio. I stroll through the pictures What I've left behind You once again I'm locked up in memories They all intertwine The memory in my mind I know tomorrow Cause that dawn will come You will never know Just what you've done Good evening, and welcome to the Stop Child Abuse Now show. This is scan number 3140. That's scan number 3140. Um, tonight we're going to have a, a really interesting topic, and it's all over the place. It's all over the Facebook and everything, and it's something that a lot of us know about personally. A lot of us have studied about it and, um, and also know of it. So uh, we decided that we would do a show on narcissism. Now, what I have from studies and everything would take three days so what i've tried to do is pull out the most important things from my information to use tonight for an hour and a half now i'm carol levine i am vice president of nasca and i have with me Lori, and she's from pa now she used to be my new york girl but now she's pa but anyway um she'll be here and she knows an awful lot about narcissism um and I see that Albert is here from, I believe that's Missouri. Albert, can you hear me? Yes, I can. Okay. All right, good. So um, we have the show tonight on narcissism. And uh, one of the questions up here in the bio um, is why do so many survivors, why are they drawn to them as life partners? Now, I'm going to get to all of that in just a minute. And, uh, yeah, yeah, it says here, many NASCA family have experienced this. You bet we have. And uh, and then, unfortunately, many times we do marry into it also. And then comes the kids, and I'll get into that also. All right, so, but let me read the mission statement first. Um, we have a singleness of purpose at NASCA, and that is to address issues related to childhood abuse and trauma, including sexual assault violent or physical abuse, emotional traumas, and neglect, and we do so two different ways. Number one is educating the public, sort of like what we're going to do tonight, especially as related to getting society over the taboo of discussing childhood sexual abuse, presenting the facts that show child abuse to be a pandemic worldwide problem that affects everyone. Um, number two is offering hope for healing through numerous pairs and providing many services to adult survivors of child abuse and information for anyone interested in the many issues involving prevention, intervention, and recovery. What we have, we have groups for uh, people who can actually, um, if they get on our website, that's naasca.org, nasca.org. 
If you get on our website, you can um, actually see that there are programs on the left-hand side. There's red blocks. Now, I like to point this out to people, and the reason being why I do this is because I am the night owl, okay? <laughs> and I get telephone calls at 2, 3, 4 o'clock in the morning, and uh, which is fine because I'm up anyway. That's just the way I am. And um, maybe from working a lot of shift work and, and institutions that I worked at and so forth. But the point is this. Um, we do have programs, and I want people to know that they are available and if you look at the website, org, and scroll down a little bit, you will see um, in red blocks all different types of subject matter, all different topics. And starting to the left, you will see that there are programs. I believe that's number one, okay, program number one. So you open that up, you'll see the, the earth spinning around, and uh, you'll know you're in the right place. And you go down a little bit further, and this is actually all throughout our country, and we have other countries that um, also uh, call in, and they have programs as well. And you'll see the United States. Right now I'm from New Jersey. They call it Dirty Jersey. <laughs> I think it is right now. But anyway, um, I would go to New Jersey, click onto it, and go down to where I live or very close to where I live. Bingo. Click on. You've got programs. It's that simple, okay? Because through these programs, you can meet people, you can make friends, and uh, everyone is uh, the same as we are, okay? We're survivors, okay? Some of us have gone through incest. Some of us have not gone through incest. Others have gone through physical, mental, emotional abuse, as I have read, sexual, physical, mental, emotional abuse. And it's good to um, have a system and, and uh, someone that you can turn to, a support system. Many people call NASCA, and uh, we have a contact list. And uh, the idea of that contact list, yes, you'll see me there also. You'll see Bill. You'll see all of us here on NASCA, many of us anyway. There are people that you can call. And I, being the night owl, I get a lot of those calls. So anyway, um, I just wanted to point that out. Our telephone number is 646-595-2118. That's 646-595-2118. And, uh, you know, you can uh, call into the show right now. And if you don't want to listen, don't push your number one, okay? And you can actually just listen. Or you can listen later on when the show is over because it will eventually go into the archives, okay? Maybe in a day or two. Maybe sometimes the same night. Uh, so you can listen that way. But if you want to be a part of the panel, you have something to ask, you want to add something, that's fine. And just call that number, 646-595-2118, and we will have a discussion on narcissism. Now, I think uh, now I'm going to go back and forth to our panel here at times. Um, but uh, people have asked me, does childhood trauma contribute to narcissism? Well, it absolutely does, okay? Um, and this isn't to feel sorry for the narcissist, okay, because I was married to two of them, all right? And, and Lori, she was married also twice, I think she said, to uh, two of them. Um, they're very hard people to live with, and they play a lot of games with your mind. They do this. But the childhood, and I always say, always look back into a person's childhood when, when they're having, they're displaying bad behavior, whatever it might be, 
whatever it might be. And uh, you'll find a lot of answers right in the home from which they come. Because this is where we are all brought up, and we become many times what we see. So, yes, um, in, a, in a childhood, you know, when, when you see have a narcissist pa- uh, parent or two of them, because many times they attract each other. They actually do. And um, so then the kids, later on, they too can become a narcissist. I don't know where that cycle stops. But it, uh, with the uh, studies that I've done and I've seen here, um, it can actually last, last a lifetime because that's what you are. You're a narcissist. Okay, so that's not good to know, but it's good to know if you know what I'm saying. Um and it's uh, related to traumatic experiences, and that would be... Now, there's two ways of ruining a kid. The number one way that they mention here is uh, from a background where children are given too much. They then become people where they feel like they're entitled, okay? They believe that they're entitled. And so that gives... Uh, partners and people and friends a lot of hard times with them because they have this attitude which is actually the way that they were brought up all right and so you can spoil them too much you can give them too much and and that can actually that's a form of child abuse because they don't learn boundaries they have no boundaries um they don't know how to love um they don't have empathy for other people all right so giving them too much is not good either. That would have been my brother. <laughs> and I'm thinking about it. That's exactly how he turned out, and with other things included. Um, so then the other way of, of ruining a child, if you will, is, uh, of course, through terrible criticism, um, not validating who they are. If they say something, um, what they have to say isn't important. Um, you don't make them feel special, uh, you know, and, and you don't give them what they need, the nurturing emotionally, psychologically, um, and what they need in their childhood to grow up to be well-rounded individuals. This can make a narcissist too. So you have the two opposites, but the outcome can be the same. The child turns into a narcissist. So that's actually the background of where narcissism comes from. Um, it is considered a mental disorder if they meet the criteria of it. There are ten things that a, a, a narcissist has to do, actually present themselves before they're really considered a narcissist. And that's interesting because they have to have certain uh, character traits. And if they have five out of ten, then they are considered to be a narcissist. And then the psych, psychiatric world will look at them as a psych, you know, a person who has psychiatric problems. Um, some people only display um, or present themselves with a couple of the narcissistic traits, and uh, then you're not a narcissist. You're just a person that has those traits. So I'm teaching you a little bit about and help, hoping to learn what a narcissist is. Now I want to talk about what a narcissist does. A narcissist can, um, you know, what they do, if they see, let's say it's a guy. Now, listen here, there are women narcissists, too. It's not just men. It's male or female, okay? Um, You don't just have male children or just uh, female children. You have both, right? Okay. So um, 
the gray matter in the brain for empathy is destroyed in a narcissistic child. It's different. And that, too, is another reason why it becomes a psychiatric. This is what they have learned about and found out about uh, uh, something in Ohio. A, a study was done in Ohio, and uh, they came forth with that uh, information. Can they be helped? Yes, they can be helped. But uh, they're very, very hard to live with. What a narcissist does, if I'm going to use a guy. Now, if a guy sees a girl that he's very, very attracted to, he will tell that girl that she's beautiful, whether she is or not. He will tell her how, how smart she is, um, that she's a wonderful person, you know, because he wants to get her uh, like a spider with its web. He wants to grab that person in, okay, and make that person a victim. Remember, they don't know how to love, and they have no empathy, okay? So, but they want this person in their life. So they will tell the girl everything she needs to know, how wonderful she is and all this other stuff, and they will act charming and and everything else, and, and they thrive on all the compliments that they get, too, from the girl. If you treat someone nice, you're going to treat them nice. If you tell a person they're wonderful, you're going to find ways to say that they're wonderful. They thrive on this. They overvalue, you know, what type of person they are, and they're totally off base. Okay? They're just simply not normal people. And this is why some people are drawn to them because of all the compliments they get. That answers the first question right here. And um, so it's really quite interesting. Narcissistic personality disorder by teenage years and early adulthood can be diagnosed. Anything before the age of 18, which is the same with schizophrenics, which is what I basically worked with, um, and murders and other things and whatever. But by age 18, you can diagnose positively whether a person is of uh, a narcissist or not. Before that, they don't really consider the tests that are done uh, to be of much value because kids, as you know, they change, they change, they change, and change their behavior too. But a narcissist is a narcissist. And by the time they're 18 years of age, they will be able, you know, to be diagnosed in a proper way. If you want to look this up, by the way, this is www.pnas.org, pnas.org. This is where one of the things I get a lot of information from is simply just going to psychology today and the psychiatric other uh, forms of of, uh, psychiatry. And it says here, too, the DSM does not recognize it as a mental disorder unless they have five of the ten um, uh, types of behavior. So I'm going to go to um, I'm going to go to Lori. Lori, why do you say that you were married to a you know a narcissist? Uh, how, did he, how did he treat you? He treated me um, like he owns me, and he mm-hmm. always used to say it freely. And, uh, I didn't think he was serious because it was ridiculous, but he actually continued our marriage thinking that. So everything that I did, you know, it was his. Every like I went into threads, so every piece that I made, he would go show off, and he would do this constantly, like throughout. And he would he would actually bring in strangers to, into my house 
and um, to show them what I've got up on the walls and whatnot. And one time, he actually told me, he knocks on the door in the bathroom in the shower, and he says, don't come out of your room. There's people in your, into, you know, your room looking at the ceiling of the, of the flowers. So I blasted him over and over not doing it, you know, thinking that it would get through. But he, he continued to do it just the other day in Pennsylvania, the same, the same kind of behavior. You know, he just doesn't stop, and it's been like that his whole life. He's a show-off. He rides the coattails of the, the happened to be his bishop is his uncle, and for years he would ride his coattails. And finally I had to step in and say, um, would you like me to inform your uncle that you have never stepped inside a church since we've been married? So I finally shut him up, but he continued in other ways. And the way he came to me, um, he actually moved in across the street from me. I was 13, and he had no father, um, came from a really bad bad family, and uh, he inserted himself into my family. And he was one with manners, Mr., Mrs., oh, yes, sir, yes, ma'am, I'll do anything you want to do. And he... It didn't take too long. He became like a son to my father, uh, who was also a narcissist. They, I think, feed off two brains, you know, but tie in somewhere into one brain because they're, they're just continual. And I was like, I can't believe what kind of marriage I'm having here. And then, you know, I put up through uh, a lot of it because a best friend of mine had told me that maybe you can get him to change those things that, you know, you can't stand about him. You know, you're, you invested a lot and, and work with him. You know, so I gave it a shot. And, um, you know, along the way I had my son. Now my son was born um, blue. So he had brain damage, all different kinds of brain damage. But he is like you as a genius. You know, he comes out in other mental disorders and the gray matter in him, that kid has no empathy whatsoever. You know, he's a narcissist in that he thinks he is entitled to be the king of this mountain, of the world. So it's adding him or different ways, but they're both all about themselves. And the more that they have to show off and incorporate into their personalities, from other people, that's mm-hmm. what they do. The only difference right. is that doesn't have the talent of of what my son does. So he can't back it up, which is why he uses me. And mm-hmm. I found it appalling that somebody, you know, could take credit for what other people have done. You know, I mean, I was raising my son. He was off, you know, buying motorcycles and cars and fixing that up and whatnot. And he didn't understand that a father needs a son type thing. So most of his early life, you know, he was doing his thing. And I was just like working hard to keep my son out of the hospital from all the problems that he had. Um, And I did almost lose him, but they actually decided to give me um, that last chance with him. And I was able to keep him home because he was 15 at that time. And he was aware of where he was going to go. But it was still all about him. Now, I understand my son being that way. You know, I don't like it. Um, he thinks he owns me too. And he says that, you know, like 
the pieces I'm leaving in my house to him, for him, for his future to sell when he needs money. And he says, you know, Mom, since you've already been to heaven a few times, technically you already died, so these pieces are mine right now. And I was like, I actually had to knock them down, you know, verbally, of course, and never laid a hand on them. But I was like, this is it. And I'm like, you know, no, they're not. You don't understand. I'm going to see them until the end. But he wants to deprive me of that because of what he wants. And this had been going on the entire time. So, yeah, I grew up, married, had a kid, all narcissists. I'm sick of them, <laughs> to be yeah. honest. Yeah. Yeah. Well, you see, uh, they they need to control you, all right? They used the word control before. and um, But then all of a sudden, they can flip-flop. And after they, they have won you over, all right, like in, in the honeymoon stages and so forth, then all of a sudden, they don't want you anymore, okay? Because, you know, maybe you're not, uh, you know, throwing out so many uh, I love yous, or, and they don't care anyway because they don't have love, <laughs> all right? But you're not, you're not acting the same because you're starting to see a little different side of him, okay? And uh, that's unfortunate, but that's the way it is. And, and marriage isn't all about giving so much attention and, and so much love to one spouse. It's supposed to be an equal thing. So what they then do is they use shocking type of behavior, all right, to control you again. Um, maybe uh, maybe make you feel guilty about something. Um, they can emotionally abuse you, you know, give you feelings of low self-esteem. That's what narcissists do. And then also, too, they um, they make you feel like you're the crazy one. They'll have fights with you. I went through this. <laughs> oh, boy, when I think back. Um, they'll have feelings of inadequacy, um, self-doubt. And clinical depression. Now, that's um, what they can cause. And also, they have depression, too. Uh, they gaslight you, making you think that you are crazy and um, that the marriage is falling apart because of you. They isolate you from friends and family. They take away time from, uh, you know, from anything that takes time away from him because don't forget, he wants all the attention. And he doesn't want you after a while to be uh, the limelight of anything, Lori. You know, um, that's not a good thing, okay? He doesn't want you to be the limelight. He doesn't want people to look at all of your talents, and you have a tremendous amount of talent, okay? And uh, things that really stand out. I, I look online. I see it all the time. So he doesn't want you to all of a sudden getting a lot of attention because he wants all of the attention. You see what I'm saying? And it, yeah. it, it's a very... It's a very hard thing to deal with and to live with. And it can cause terrible chaos in the family. And, you know, for a long time, the uh, the psychiatric field didn't really look at it for what it was, okay? They didn't give it the uh, attention that it needed. But now as they see marriages all falling apart and, and more, you know, people have to understand that a narcissist especially if he's a sociopath with it, can become very, very volatile. And if, if he feels, I'm going to tell you this, if he feels like he's losing you, okay, he's not ready to let you go. See, he's, he wants to keep you like as a victim. And that's just the way it is. Now, sometimes, 
not all the time, but sometimes um, they'll even use blackmail against you, all right? And that's a crazy thing. Like when when you get close to a person in a relationship, I, I'm guilty of this. You you tell them about your past, right? In fact, I think sometimes we we tell people that it's good to uh, let your spouse know where you came from and and all this other stuff, so they understand your behavior. You know, if you you know might act a little off or whatever in some ways, that it's good to have that closeness. And uh, hopefully your partner will understand and 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 be uh, you know helpful when you have say if you have a, a memory that comes in all of a sudden, or or you have panic or whatever you might all of a sudden be working with okay and dealing with. So, um, but with a narcissist you can't do that because he has no empathy, and he can go as far as blackmailing you. Now what that means is. Like, uh, if he gets to the point where he's tired of the relationship and some do cheat, I'm not saying all of them do, but if they some do cheat, they want someone they want someone new, they want more thrill in their life, whatever, and someone to adore them, even though they destroyed the marriage that they're in, they want to get out of it. So um, what they do many times is they'll say, well, she's nothing but a runaround. She was always out on the streets. Let's say uh, you were a type of person who was very sexually um, involved out on the streets and so forth. They'll use that against you. And uh, they're, they're notorious for that, and they call that actual blackmail. So what they do is they hold on to all the information about yourself that's negative and then if they feel like they want to use that negativity, that negative type of, of uh, matter that you give them, what you feed them, then they can turn around and use it so that other people look down on you and then look at him. You see, he always wants all the positive attention, right? So he wants the positive attention. He wants people to think, oh, poor you, and you're a wonderful person, you're so smart, and shame on her. You see, this is what he does. So there's a lot of that going on, too. Now, I can tell you quickly, in in my relationships, um, they were both very smart guys. They were, both of them, each in their own right. And um, my first husband was very, very good looking. He looked like a movie star. And he had a Harley, and I love Harleys, you know that. <laughs> We've had that conversation. And um, he had an Indian and also a Cadillac. And he would take me to the city, and he would, like, show me off, okay? He'd buy me outfits. He'd buy me clothing. He'd show me off. And um, we went to all kinds of different clubs and stuff, and we had a wonderful time. Now, he was grooming me. They called that grooming. Because he's grooming me to love him. He's grooming me to think he's wonderful. He's grooming me to see how handsome he is. And all the girls are looking at him, believe me. Um, you know, and all the things that, because the attention has to be on him, not on me. Because then once he has me and we get married, which we did, um, he came back from the service a totally different person. He didn't go to Vietnam. He went to um Oh, where the hell was it? I forget right now. <laughs> I pushed him out of my mind so much. But anyway, he didn't go to Vietnam. Oh, he went to Korea. Yeah. He went to Pusan, Korea. There was no action in Pusan, Korea. So he didn't suffer any PTSD, all right, post-traumatic stress disorder. He didn't see anything. It was quiet then. 
little trouble by the DMZ, the militarized zone, but nothing to talk about. Vietnam was the big thing. He came home, and the first thing he started to do was punch me and slap me around. I'll never forget it. I was waiting, you know, writing him letters telling him how much I loved him, how much I need him home. Um, when he had gone through basic training, uh, we'd gotten married, and I had gotten pregnant with my first uh, child, my son. And, um, you know, I was looking to have a family, all the things, the normal things that, you know, people want. And um, he came home a totally different person. Well, he came home the real person is what happened. You see, they what they do is they have a way of displaying themselves, presenting themselves as being fun, um, smart, and, and all this other stuff. Where actually inside they're seething and they're really having a lot of problems with low self-esteem. And after a while, when they don't want you, then they play all those crazy grand nail games on our mind. And uh, it's a terrible thing what they do to their spouse. So then someone asked me, well, do the kids suffer from this? Look what they're watching. All right, they're watching mommy and daddy fight, right? That's bad enough as it is. But actually the kids do suffer from it horribly. And they grow up to be people that are actually people persons. Okay, they try to um, please other people too much. Uh, my mother was a narcissist. Uh, my husbands were narcissistic, and I'm sure that they would have met the criteria or the DSM, that's their Bible for the American uh, Medical Association, um, as being um, a narcissist. And um, they don't care that they gaslighted us. Okay. That's very common. Maybe you want to explain what gaslighting is to the people who are listening. Do you know what that is, Lori? I'm thinking, you know, my mind is like going, yeah, I've heard that a lot of times, um, Uh but I just can't actually remember the definition. That is from my memory loss. Yeah, I want to... Don't don't, don't explain yourself, honey. Okay, because don't worry about it. A lot of people forget what it is. All right. Gaslighting is when they make their spouse feel like they're the crazy one. Oh, there you go. That's it. That's yeah. it, yeah, that's what he does. <laughs> you hit it. Okay, well, back all right. to well, me. They're, they're, they're notorious for that, okay? They can do that to their children, too. Don't forget, children come from backgrounds either where um, they're given too much and, and it makes them sickening that way, or they're not given the proper type of things that they need even, and, and that's emotionally and mentally, spiritually, um, and they're neglected many times. So, you know, if they can come from either background, either background. So uh, with the gaslighting, um, you know, they might say to you, hey, remember when we had that conversation last week, and maybe you had no conversation last week about the subject matter. What's the matter with you? Why don't you remember that? What, are you stupid? <laughs> I used to hear stuff like that, Okay. Today I know what it is, and I know what they were doing, 
they were actually fabricating fabricating a um a conversation that didn't take place. Okay. See, these are the games they play with you. This is gaslighting. And they do it to weaken you, to trick and and um stabilize you. They also make you question your own sanity. They do that, Lori. I know, they both tell me I'm crazy. <laughs> well, don't believe them. Don't believe them. <laughs> okay? It's not me. Yeah. No, yeah, that's what they do. That's what they do. They absolutely do that type of thing. And so it's um, it's a terrible disorder to have. It is a disorder. And And what it does to the wife or the husband, again, it can be either or, what it does is uh, it makes them, you know, doubt themselves. If you are not a strong person and if you don't know exactly who you are as a person, now no one's 100%, all right, but if you're someone who can be have your buttons pushed, they'll find out where your buttons are and they will push every single one of them. Do 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 do, and in the meantime, your brain is going do 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 do. You know what I'm saying? Because they have you thinking that it's your fault that the marriage isn't working out. Because after all, you're the crazy one. You can't even remember a conversation from last week, one that didn't take place. Oh, boy, that's that true. It's yeah. true. Yeah. Yeah. I'm like, well, no, I don't do that too. Yeah. Yeah. Don't use what's wrong with me to justify what you're doing to me. I know uh, I'm onto you. Yeah. You have to call them out on this stuff too. You know, if you just mm-hmm. kind of sit back and let these people just, you know, continually think that it's all right with you. So let me just go one step further, which is what happened over here. Um, there came a time where it was like a checkup time, and uh, at my age, I, you know, I have no interest in looking for anybody else because I'm just, you know, exhausted. Um, you know, but you got to actually dethrone them. My husband, I can, I dethroned. My son, that'll never happen because he suffers differently. But, yeah, I took the wind out of my guy's sails, and that's what stopped him from doing a lot of the things, you know, with people. Like, don't use me to bring attention to yourself. Do something on your own to bring attention to yourself. When you want things, then you work for them. I says, do you want to, you know, he wanted my, my trike. Uh, I couldn't believe it. I, you know, I found this really gorgeous trike oh, a couple of years ago, and it was really decorated like, like the Adams family and he's wanted actually to have his name put on the bill of uh, the title. And I was like, no. I said, this, is, this bike is, is mine. And all my other bikes were under him. I said, no, this was mine. But the next day after picking it up, it was in my front yard on a trailer. He's sitting on the thing, you know, on the phone, having all the people going to work, you know, make comments about him and the bike and stuff. Like, like he's just like on display. He thrives on that. And to tell you the truth, I don't understand, you know, why. I mean, I know he didn't come from a good place and he was abused and, you know, didn't have any of the kind of attention he was supposed to do. But don't you at one point get to the point where you have enough attention and then you're like, 
you know, satisfied with who you are. He hasn't gotten there yet. I honestly don't think he's going to. Uh, well, my son, forget it. He'll never get there. Well, a true person who is a narcissist, okay, they they can't really heal from that, all right? They have to have that um, people adoring them. They overvalue themselves. But that comes from low self-esteem. Don't forget, if you're screamed at um, all the time, you're told you're stupid, you're never going to amount to anything, and um, all these other things, there's a part of you that's fighting back saying, that little kid inside saying, yes, I will, yes, I will. I'll show them, I'll show them. Well, they grow up looking for attention all the time because they didn't get it as a kid, all right? Um, a lot of people don't get enough hugs when they're a child. I didn't get any hugs. <laughs> now I think about it. Um, in my family, not at all. And um, so I'm a very, today, I'm a very mushy person. I want pre- people to be mushy back, all right, because I think I'm still screaming inside, hey, you, um, I count. Hey, you, um, I need love. Well, you're not going to get love from a narcissist. And he is going to want to control you. He is going to want to own everything. He is going to want to be the center of attention. And he gets jealous of everything. He or she, I have to keep saying, it can be a she as well. You know, they they don't want their children actually to grow up and and show uh, independence. So they, you know, they're growing up and they, they don't have to depend on them anymore. And uh, all this uh, other stuff because they want them really to stay in the nest and continue. This is so sick. And continue to have them adore daddy. Like little kids, when they see their father, if they have a good relationship, all right, if they do. And uh, they'll just think he's like Superman, right? Uh, He's the breadwinner many times in those days, more often than not, you know. Um, and he can fix anything, and if someone hurts me, I can run to daddy. I mean, daddy's little girl, where do you think that came from? Okay, daddy's little girl. And uh, as far as sons, they certainly need to look up to the father and uh, to learn how to be a man. And when you come from a dysfunctional home, where the man is not a man in the right sense. I don't mean a bully. I don't mean anything like this. Just simply being a man. Like, uh, let's say, Leave it to Beaver or uh, some of those old other shows where, you know, Daddy went to work, Daddy came home, Mommy was in the kitchen making dinner, la, 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 la. People were playing games, board games especially, blah, blah, blah. They're watching TV. Everybody's fun. Everything's jovial. I never knew a past like that. Many of us on NASCAR didn't know a past like that. Oh, no. We many times saw the opposite. So that brings forth, you know, um, children, um, my brother who thought everyone owes him something, and he was given so much because my mother and stepfather especially feared him. Um, he would have tantrums like you wouldn't believe. You see, there's the narcissist. He, uh, he be, would become volatile. And he would have a maniacal look on his face that actually I learned to laugh at it. But when I was a little kid, I was scared of it. My mother had it too. Her mother had it too. You see, this can be a thing that's in the family, Lori. It can. 
think about it. I do my think some of it is look. genetic. Yeah, I honestly I, do. Absolutely. Mm-hmm. It is. It absolutely is. And that's why even in the articles that I have of years ago, I mean, it's changed some. Um, actually, they're looking at PTSD differently now today, which is good. Uh, but you have to meet the criteria for that, too. But, you know, um, it, it, they're looking at this narcissism differently than, uh, like I have, uh, uh, you know, from well, maybe five, ten years ago is different than uh, what it is today in the DSM. And that, again, that's their Bible. Okay, that's what, that's their Bible. It's psychiatry, psychiatric Bible. And they can learn in that what's considered to be a real situation, a real illness, mental illness, and um, what isn't. So they're looking at things in a different light today. And I think that's happening because there's so many people that are so freaking sick, mentally ill. They're mentally ill. And they're not getting really the attention that they need today because of the way of our world right now. I hope it all changes. Um, I was telling Bill the other day that uh, Greystone, where I used to work as a state uh, certified technician, um, I worked with a psychiatrist. But anyway, it, it got torn down. It got torn down for two reasons. Number one, asbestos, and number two, um, certain people in administration I promise I won't get political here. <laughs> I'll just put it that way. Decided that uh, we didn't need these facilities. Well, where do you think all those people go? Okay. Um, the families can't handle them. And maybe they've gotten in trouble with the police because they can have a lot of problems with the police. These narcissists, yes, they can. And, uh, you know, they think they're above everybody. They think they're smarter than everyone. They really do to a certain degree. So um, these people are out on the streets if they can't find a place to go. So getting back to those who have spouses yet, um, they make the spouse miserable. They can, whether it be male or female. They make them miserable. And sometimes... Especially if they have um, sociopathic tendencies, um, if you say to them, you, know, you said a few minutes ago, you stand up to them and let them know that they can't, you know, rule and uh, critique you so and uh, demean you. All these words that they come up with and come out with in, in psychiatry, which is what they're doing. In other words, they're telling you you're, you're stupid, you know, just like they were told maybe. Um, a lot of times they can become volatile. They can. I'm not saying that everyone does. I said they can. So, you know, depending on uh, other personality traits that they have, um, it determines whether they're going to become very volatile or not. Now, in my cases, unfortunately, they became volatile. The la-la days of uh, my first husband, who was the movie star. And um, and I got my looks, too. Yes, I did. <laughs> you know, so, um, you know, all that wore off. It wears off. Because when you live with someone day after day after day after day, number one, no one's perfect. You're certainly not perfect in behavior. 
we all have our moods. We all, you know, we're tired of adoring the other person saying, you know, you may love them to death, uh, but you don't want to keep saying, you know, all kinds of stuff to them because they don't understand it. They don't absorb it the same way that maybe you and I do because we're not a narcissist. Okay. And uh, once they really realize that they have you where they want, you know, you've adored them for so long, you've loved them for so long, and all this other stuff, they get tired and they'll move on. Many of them, not all of them, but many of them will move on. And then they'll start this whole thing all over again with someone else, and that person, that person will, uh, you know, go through the same thing, Say like maybe you did. Say if your husband left you, I'm just saying. Um, that's what happens. And it goes on and on and on and on. And there's no way of stopping it. There's no way of stopping it. It is considered to be a mental disability. It's a, it's mental illness. And, again, many times it's an environmental, okay, environmental. Um, for instance... I think I've spoken to you about this before because we like bikes and all that. Um, but say like in gangs, uh, if a kid is brought up in a gang and um, they feel they have a rival, all gangs have rivals, right? And um, maybe they're, they're really bad gangs and someone is threatening their gang, they might decide that it's time for their son to become more of a, you know, gang member and go and kill someone. Well, maybe he doesn't really want to do it. He doesn't have to be a sociopath or a psychopath. But on the other hand, in order to stay in in good standing with his family, he or she, in this case it's usually a he though, will go and and whack that guy. (laughs) You're from New York, you know what I'm saying? Whack that guy. And and so as they're not a threat then to you know to their 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 club. Uh, a lot of these people are sociopaths, and um, sociopaths uh, they they can be worked with a little bit. They can be a narcissistic sociopath. They can be looked at a little bit, and and say, oh boy, okay, I hunt. I'm the best, I'm the best. Look at my bike. They, a lot of times they show their bikes off and they're so proud of their bikes. Who isn't proud of the Harley, right? But, um, and then, you know, they're like king. They have to be the king. This is a narcissist. Okay, you son, it's time for you to go out and prove yourself. Prove your loyalty, your loyalty to our family. So the kid goes out and he does it. Now, if he's a narcissist like his father, but not a sociopath. He might have a little bit of um, a little bit of sorry. He can feel a little sorry. You know, might have a little bit of guilt by what he did. Just a little bit. But then he goes back. Well, I had to do it for the family. Yeah, I would have done it again. That guy's a jerk. I had to whack him. He's gone. Not a threat to the family. So you see. It depends on always where you come from and how you think. And so many, many people out there are narcissists. Some are very vicious and and, and dangerous. And then there are others that um, are not vicious and dangerous. They just move on and say, goodbye, I've seen you. 
blah, blah, blah. <laughs> okay, and they move on. With the children, though, the children are the ones I really, really feel sorry for because they grow up in an in environment where um, they're not getting what they need to, to become, you know, people of, of worth. And then people might say, well, what is that, people of worth? Well, people in society who aren't going to go out and do bad things and they're going to have a family that's normal and do normal things. So it, it destroys it absolutely does destroy, you know, a, a person when they're brought up around um, the narcissist. Not all children become narcissistic, but many of them do. They come from that type of background. It's child abuse. There's no boundaries. A narcissist doesn't have boundaries. And that's why he can so easily go out and cheat on his wife because he doesn't have boundaries, okay? And it doesn't mean anything because he doesn't even know how to love. He doesn't have that same feeling, that same uh, feelings like a, a normal person would have when they fall in love. So it's um, it's really something that uh, has to be looked at even more. And um, they certainly do need to have... Um, you know, that the institutions back up because there's so many different types of uh, mental illness out there that are roaming the street right now that had a place to live, had a place to go. Well, I used to live in um, a different place here in Phillipsburg. I very much uh, worked with the homeless, and I would go into New York City with a group of people. And and we would feed them and uh, give them clothing. And all those things were, you know, given to us. And some of them were brand new stuff. It was really great to help these people out on the streets. Well, what kind of background did they come from? I always used to think about it. A lot of times I'd have really good conversations with them because um, they came from backgrounds like I did and like you did. And a lot of us on NASCA did. All right. So in ThriveWorks, that's another place people can um, look up information on uh, narcissistic behavior and what makes um, you know people to become a narcissist. That's T-H-R-I-V-E, work. That's one word, ThriveWorker.com. And uh, there's a telephone number for them, too. That's funny. It's 855-204-2767. Eight five five two zero four two seven six seven. Why is this important? Because if you're living with a person who is a narcissist, if you actually are, you're in trouble. Okay? Because sooner or later, that person can either tire you or, or tire of you, I should say, or they can become um, just plain disinterested because you've given them everything that they needed, and they're just tired. of they, want, they need to have more glory, more, you know, nice things being said to them from someone else. They are sick. Now, Ohio State University, through research, says they can become physically abusive. 437 studies. Now, this isn't people. This is studies. 437 studies of narcissism an aggression involving a total of over 123,000 participants. That's a lot of people. 
123,000 participants found that narcissism is related to 2%, or I'm sorry, 21% increase in aggressive behavior. 18% of that is violence. Now that's why it's important. A lot of these people get, you know, beaten up by their spouse and all this other stuff. Maybe they're living with a narcissist. Now, I'm not trying to scare you. <laughs> Lori, Lori's silent. Oh, my God. I'm just telling you what a narcissist is. <laughs> you, know, you don't have to equate that to yourself exactly. I'm just telling you what a narcissist is. Both of my husbands became volatile. And... um Especially my first husband. He was very, very volatile. He strangled me, tried to strangle me. Oh, my God. It was awful. And uh, we were in the kitchen. The kitchen is a very dangerous place, Lori. Very dangerous. It can be. And we'd had a great big party. It was New Year's Eve. I'll never forget it. And, uh, of course, he was the center of attention because he has to be. But everybody was having a good time. And I, had, I was still drinking then. I was much younger. <laughs> and uh, everybody had a good time. And then all of a sudden, he had so much to drink, <laughs> he went into his man cave that he made for himself, right, in this house that we owned. And um, he passed out. And he was hanging out the window. <laughs> well, I'm laughing. Now, today I can laugh. And, like half of them was in and half of them was out. And um, he was a big guy. He turned into a big guy, this handsome dude of mine. He came into, you know, he was beautifully built before. And and now all of a sudden he became very heavy, and he got stuck in the window. I couldn't pull him in. And I got disgusted and walked away from him. (laughs) I did, Lori. (laughs) I thought, screw you. All you do is scream at me anyway. You can just stay out there. So... And that was like five degrees out or something, January 1st. Come on, you know, New Year's Eve. So uh, <laughs> it turned midnight and everybody was singing the song, you know, do, 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 all this stuff that we're singing, la, 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 la. And he's hanging out the window. And I'm laughing my butt off because it was funny, okay. Well, all of a sudden, I guess people felt sorry for him. And and they went and somehow managed to get him back in the window and uh, and closed the window. Of course, the house was getting cold, too, all right, with the window wide open. It was right off the kitchen. So anyway, they they did leave. Now, in those days, we did drink and drive. If you didn't pass out on the floor, you left in that type, you know, of stupor. And if you drank too much, honey, I'm sure that they caused a lot of accidents. Who the heck knows? I don't know. All I do know is this. He became vicious because he saw everyone. He knew that people had pulled him in the window because I told him. <laughs> yes, I did. I told him. And that really made him mad. You see, you can't even criticize a narcissist. They won't stand for it especially those who are criticized so much as children. You can't even criticize them in a loving way. They can't handle it. Well, honey, I didn't criticize him in a loving way. I told him where it was at and how stupid he looked. Oh, boy, I was in for it, wasn't I? You bet. 
Now, I was standing by the stove, and he got a hold of me from behind and got me in a chokehold, and then it continued to go harder and harder. And I remember Lori reaching behind me on the stove. There was a big butcher knife. And I thought to myself, I have two children. This is in my book. I have two children, and um, I'm going to stay at them wherever I have to because my kids need me. All right? So what I didn't know was that his father, who had his own camper, was out in our yard. We had almost two acres there. And uh, I didn't know he was out there. I thought he left with everybody else. But he could hear us screaming at each other, I guess. And do you think my children were sleeping? Oh, no. You don't sleep through stuff like this. So this is what they're watching, just like I watched when I was a little kid at the age of four with my parents. So anyway, um, he came bursting into the house, and he, he... he hit my hand really hard, which made me open my hand and to drop the knife. And he was he was able to separate us. And I remember I could hardly breathe. Oh, my God. And he told me to go, go upstairs, which I did. And uh, I was feeling my neck, and, and I, I knew that I was thankful that he stayed over that night because I felt like he saved my life because he was choking me so badly that um, I feel like I almost lost my life. I mean, I was seeing darkness, all right? <laughs> and I didn't see any angels flying around. <laughs> I just saw darkness, all right? So, um, so this is when they say that they can become volatile. This is what they're speaking about, all right? So these studies that have been done on narcissism and aggression um, a total of over 123,000 participants found that narcissism is related to, like I said, 21% increase in aggression behavior and 18% is violence. Now, that's what I saw that night was violence. They can be sadists. And how many times have you said, what did I do wrong? You'll, uh, see, that's how they get women. And, and, or, or the opposite. Um, what did I do wrong? We always look at ourselves. What I do? What I say? I kind of knew what I said in the kitchen that night. But I mean, in general, um, that shouldn't have been enough to make him flip out like that. Sorry. You see, he had all of this. So in other words, people were looking at him in a bad light, and he was furious with me, forgetting the fact that he was the one that drank so much that he hung out the window. Oh, no. See, everything was my fault, and that's what they do to you, okay? So when you look at this, when you look at it in, in, a, in a psychiatric way, and in a way that's dangerous, that's why they call them psycho, you know, psychopaths and sociopaths, because he was on his way to killing me, I'm sure of it. And that's nothing to mess with. Now, another part of the information that I have from some years ago, which kind of makes me mad, because once I realize what I'm, you know, you can only get hit so many times. You can only get your hair pulled so many times. You can only be called filthy, foul names so many times, because you see they're done with you by this point. All right, they, they, they didn't ever love you to be good with. And they have no empathy for what they do to you. 
psychopath, sociopath, narcissist. They don't care. So when they're done with destroying you emotionally, mentally, physically, psychologically, then they'll go out and they'll find another prey, P-R-E-Y. Now, I also have information on how to keep them loving you, and I'm not going to read that because it makes me mad. <laughs> All right? Um, the only thing I can think of is that, uh, you know, people should get the hell away from them. There's a, a therapist. Her name is Emily Simonian. She has her master's, and she's a licensed marriage uh, counselor and family therapist. That's someone to look up. If you're living with, I don't know where she's from, though. I just I wrote it down some time ago. I don't know. But if you're living with someone who, you know, is um, a narcissist who abuses you, who demands attention from you all the time, who won't let you have friends because they're going to take your attention away from him, um, all the things that are normal, if you're living with a narcissist like that, um, then you really do need to go to someone like Emily Simonia, who has her master's LM and family therapist. Okay, licensed marriage and family therapist. That's what the LM stands for. Because sooner or later they can turn volatile. They can. I'm not going to say they will. I'm saying they can. So I don't know if um, I don't know if you ever got hit, you know, or screamed at, um, or any of the things like I went through in my first marriage, especially. Did you go no, through He's pretty passive-aggressive. I'm more dominant than him, and he's actually afraid of me. Um, my son Good. actually told me to take <laughs> take it easy on him this past summer because I just really did have enough. Um, so it would be more of me trying to, like, show my son how to deal with someone who is so annoying, you know, in a way where you don't tear them apart. Had he right. ever struck me, I would have punched him right in the face. He's tried to provoke me to hitting him so he'd have an excuse to go off on me. But I'm not taking the bait because I'm smarter than him. And I told him that. So whether he believes it or will get used to it, he hasn't, like, approached me again. He kind of drifted off. Um, You know, he is actually uh, a sociopath. He's very sadistic. Um, The way he used to get back at me, he didn't, like, attack me, but he would torture me. uh, When we made this trip to see this house, it was five hours, and he would not stop to let me go to the bathroom. And Mm -hmm. he knew I was in severe pain. I was hysterical crying, and he just kept going around the same damn He's just torturer. He's done the, all different things. You know. So in that way, you know, I call it the chicken's way out. You know, I say if you're going to hit someone, go out and hit them. You know, this way I can record it, uh, give it to the police department or my lawyer. You know, and it's there in black and white. You know. But he took out. He's he's like afraid. You know, uh, because he presents himself as such a, a wonderful person. Now, he actually got um, a girlfriend. Uh, I'd say when he joined uh, the EMT, and that was after I choked, I think, for the third time, uh, he was the one who resuscitated me. And when he went and joined, he hooked up with this very nice woman. I actually like her better than him. But I didn't know they were an <laughs> item. You know, my son, 
said to me that he knew and the neighbor across the street saw them in the mall together. So I did eventually ask him about her. And mm-hmm. he says, you know, I go walking with them. That's all I do, you know, but they're, you know, five hours a day. I was like, he says, I'm not having sex with her. And I was like, Ed. I said, if she was having sex with you, she wouldn't be your girlfriend. <laughs> Just let me tell you right there, you're not that good. <laughs> mm-hmm. like, oh, wow. You know, it was like, Whoa. you know, thank <laughs> I'm blonde. I can't help it. I was you, like, you, you know. know you're lucky. You're lucky. Honey. This is Go working ahead. out good because now he gets him out of the house and it's going to stop annoying me. <laughs> like, so this is yeah. okay for me. I don't care. But in his mind, he thinks he's like Prince Charming. And right. The, Absolutely. And he, I mean, he looks like a, like a hillbilly with the suspenders. He's missing the tooth. The blue eyes don't work anymore. <laughs> it's just not oh doing my it. God. Mm-hmm. So I found mm-hmm. out right before we moved that there was a second neighbor that was like zeroed in on him. When I came out of the house, you know, the day we were moving, she's crying her eyes out on the side. And I also like this woman better than him. <laughs> I mean, she was oh a very God. good-hearted person. I mean, she ran like a lot of like the Girl Scouts and all that kind of stuff. I gave her the kids the, all my markers and coloring books. And like, she was a wonderful person. So he had like good taste. But he mm-hmm. was just thinking, you know, in his mind that he has all these women being thrown at him. Just giving him a high, you know. So, mm-hmm. Whoever bought, you know, buys into it. You know, let it take them out of the house even further. You know, that that will be even better for me because, you know, I'm tired. You know, I stay married to him only because I had to have a home to bring my son out of the, the hospitals with. And I'm on disability, so I needed his income. I told him his son comes first. And he didn't like that at all when, when my son was young. And it was like, sorry, you know, you've got a handicapped kid here. You know, this is what you do for him, and you're not running out on him. So I put up with yeah. that all, of, all that time because of that. But my son is like 40 now, and there's no reason that I don't have to do it anymore. So the house that I bought here, it's got three separate spaces. I have my own living room, master bedroom with the bathroom, and he's got his on the other side of the house, and my son is downstairs. So we've kind of peacefully coexist on the mountain now. You know, if he wants to go back to That's a good idea. Yeah, that's yeah, why that's I did a, it. I like that. I like that. That's exactly why I did it. My son was not able to, like, integrate with people. He's that ill that he needs to be on a mountain. You know, he's able to get to his doctors and, you know, whatever he wants to do, but you can't put him into regular society. So before I, you know... Go back to heaven whenever God wants me. The only thing I wanted to do in my life was see that my son is situated where he can handle financially and emotionally when we are gone. And this is what this place was all about. So, you know, we're working with it. You know, I hope it really loves to actually leave the house, but I know it's not possible. You know, my son would have a mental breakdown. And once, if they took him in the hospital again with his aggression, they'd never let him out. And that's not what we worked for. So that's why I stayed in this marriage, this, the sham marriage. You know, let him do what he wants. I don't care. I just don't. You know, I do what I do. I make my creamy blankets and hats and all kinds of other kind of projects I have going. And that's the life, you know. 
that I'm going to live. It's like you have to salvage what you can from the abuse and all the put-downs and the years of thinking, you know, it's you. And the effect it had on your body, you know, from all the aggravation and everything about it. You know, but I'm at the point now where, you know, we're set. Uh, um, we are who we are and, you know, do your own thing. So the one thing I am going to do this time, because he started up with his showing off bit, you know, when I do do these blankets to the hospital, I always send Ed to go bring everything. Nobody knows me because I like to stay in the background, but he's the show off. I found a nurse in this neighborhood. I don't remember which house or what she looks like or, you know, but she lives in this neighborhood. I'm going to deliver, the, let her take the blankets to the hospital this time and not Ed. So I took, I dethroned him for real. Yeah, that's where I am in this life. Well, what do you think is going to happen? I'm curious about this. If he takes or if she takes his place, you know, by taking the blankets to the hospital, she is a nurse, so she'd have access to do that. Um, what do you think it's going to do to him? Do you think that he might become very angry at you because you took this uh, glory away from him? Because that's what they're looking for is glory from other people, your know, admiration. Uh-huh. He'll be angry. Yeah. There's no doubt about it. But he'll be he'll get it like internalized because he doesn't speak about emotions. He never did. I don't think he has any. So he'll get depressed. He'll go through his usual depression stage. But he'll eventually come out of it. And oh, he and my son have got this where they um, worked out an arrangement. You know, they see each other different times of the day, and you know. I only see him really at dinner because he's a man now at 40, and I want him to know that, you know, he has to be on his own, you know. So I I retrieve myself from the relationship with him on purpose. Mommy can't take care of you anymore. You have to do this yourself. So, you know, me stepping back is getting him used to, like, spreading his own wings. And um, that's all I can do for him. That's all I can do for him. I think you're very strong, though, Lori. Okay, listen to me. Don't keep saying that's all I can do for him because you're doing a lot for him because you're giving him the attention that he needs and you're also teaching him how to be independent with your son. With your your husband, with Ed, um, I think you're very brave. (laughs) Okay? Thank you. Yeah, I do, because you've mentioned a couple of things there. You said you knew he was smothering you and, and other kinds of things, all right? And uh, oh, so yeah. that shows the, the volatile, uh, you know, way that they become, which is what, you know, I was taught and also, too, what's written. I have it right in front of me. So, you know, it's um, – but, you know, just be careful. That's all. I mean, because if you see him or anyone out there listening, if you see – if you're with a narcissist, they can in time become so volatile that they can do heavy-duty damage. Like with my first husband, um, I know that I would have died that night. And uh, on the way down, I would have uh, gotten him somewhere at that knife, all right, because I was reaching behind. He was, I was like um, yeah, pressed up against – no, he was pressed up against the stove. I was in front of him. He had me from a chokehold. But I was able to reach the knife, and I was going to stab him wherever I could. You have two children, kid. you got to take care of them. You have to. I wasn't going to let them grow up like uh, like I grew up with no parents who cared. At least they had to have one parent that cared. Okay? This is the way I was thinking at the time. 
And um, this is not a type of marriage. I'm single now, too. I mean, Marty, my second husband, he's been dead for five years. Maybe a little bit more than that. He's gone on six years. And um, I have no desire to get married again. Oh, no. I really We're don't. We're worn out. We're worn out. I, I, you know what? I'm the opposite. Let me put it to you this way. The way I look at it is because they are so controlling, right? Um, I don't have to answer to anyone. I am my own boss. Uh, I can go to bed when I want. We all know this. <laughs> I'm up all night. And I can sleep as late as I want. I can, uh, I can um, you know, eat what I want. I can go shopping when I want. I can go see my friends when I want. If I do want to go out with someone, I can. I just don't want a heavy-duty relationship where the person is going to go nutty over me and say, I love you. Will you marry me? No. <laughs> no. <laughs> because, look, the way, I, the way I look at it is I did very poor choices, okay, two times. I, I don't know how to choose guys. I'm saying I'm being very honest, very frank here. I don't know how to choose good partners because um, I don't know. I remember seeing so much as a child, and it scared me. Well, why, why the hell wouldn't? Why wouldn't it? Whether it be with um, you know parents fighting and other family members fighting, blood flying, sometimes teeth flying too. What a riot! Bang! There goes a tooth. <laughs> I know. Seeing all that stuff. And then um, the sexual abuse and, and, and then marrying into, um, you know, into two partners, each one, yes, having, they were quite intelligent, both of them. But on the other hand, that doesn't make a marriage, okay? And I wasn't able at that time, I mean, I got married the first time when I was 19, I was still a kid myself. And the second time, I was close to 30 and um, I was already working in social services because I started in the 70s and, until 1995. And then I became a landlady and learned more about people. Yes, I did. So, but anyway, the point is that um, I, I would be afraid. I would be afraid to get married or to say, yes, I love this person. I want to marry him. I can love someone. Okay. And I want people to love me too, all right? But don't ask me to marry you because I will run. <laughs> I will run to get away from you. That's awesome to know yourself. Very well, awesome. I, I, well, I, I do know myself. That I do know. <laughs> you know? And, yeah, uh, I've never and heard I anyone say that, though. That, that, that's cool. That's cool. Marriage well, freedom. I don't, I don't know. I, I don't know if it's cool or if it's just being so abused that you know, that's just the way I am. But I must say, I can watch, you know, I'm a news buff. Everybody knows that I'm very heavy into politics, and that was in my family. So it's, I saw that a lot. And uh, my one grandfather was mayor of Westwood, New Jersey. I had two terms of that. He moved from New York and into uh, Westwood, New Jersey, Bergen County, and he was mayor. And so I heard a lot of political talk, and either you like it or you hate it, okay? Well, I want to know what's going on. So I, I will have that TV on for hours watching news. I don't care which host comes on because a lot of times there's a, a new breaking uh, development on something. And it keeps my interest. 
So, you know, I do that. I don't want anyone saying, hey, man, you know, go go watch something, you know, somewhere else. I wouldn't blame them if they did. Don't get me wrong, Lori. I would just simply go into another room and watch another TV. I would listen to that. Um, but, you know, we all have our likes, our dislikes, um, you know, and I'm at the age now. Now, everybody lives to be in their 90s on my mother's side. Oh, yes, they do. My so-called father's side. They didn't because I think they got beaten too much. <laughs> I'm always fighting. And uh, Carol, a lot of them died early. You know. Huh? Carol, can, can I interject that because um, we said sure. that some of this was, was going to be about um, – why survivors are drawn to, to narcissists as life partners. I just so want to share people that. that. Okay, can I have, just finish a sentence or two? Yes. Oh, wow. I, I saw I working by say. you. I saw working by you, so I left you alone. Go ahead. I know, and I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to say a couple of things and leave again, but let me have the time, the space. Okay. Okay, Many go ahead. in the Nazca family have experienced the, the narcissism, but they choose the partner anyway as they have broken pickers. That's what you said, and it's true. Mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. In my case, you know, I, I picked a, a woman that um, that I was I was dating, but I was living with her, and uh, mm-hmm. I had my little daughter with me, and one night she got so mad, she, she, she came at me with a knife. You know, she, she raised a knife over her head and, and took a couple of steps toward me, and I step back, obviously, and I said, no way, you know, I, I left. She never saw me again. You know, but it was, this is what you have to do. You have to get out of there. Mm-hmm. You know, uh, I, I really, uh, I really couldn't, I was shocked. But a lot of us are shocked that we don't move and move. But I think that's what you have to do. Much in the way that in a domestic violence situation, you have to be ready to move, you know. Uh, you can't wait around. All right, so I want you to know Albert from uh, Missouri is back with yes. us, and he does have a question. Thanks, okay, Carol. Okay, good. I'm glad. Okay. Go ahead, Albert. Go ahead. Thank you. I appreciate it. I, I was I was drawn to this topic because my whole goal is prevention. So what advice do you have for someone that's in one of these types of relationships, and maybe they can't get out, but what can they do to prevent a child who is used to the learned behaviors of pouring into a narcissist from getting older and being attracted to that personality, that person type, because they're used to giving in that way. Or a child who sees uh, the narcissistic parent and emulates those behaviors. So someone that's in the situation, because we, we can all say just leave, but we, all, we, we know how hard that actually, actually is. But while they're raising their kids, what can they do to prevent the cycle from recurring? Well, first of all, the parents can't prevent anything for the child, okay? Um, what happens is too too often the, the kids grow up and they just let them go, okay? Say both parents are uh, narcissists because they do attract to each other. This is the problem. I, I had mentioned that early, earlier. Um, you would think that we would run like heck when we see certain personality traits and certain behaviors, but we don't because this is what we're okay. brought up with and this is what we learn. Right. It's like learned behavior. Now, but I do suggest that if a parent and, and uh, you know isn't say a narcissist and the other one is, that they certainly do go and get um, family counseling, family help therapy, um, because the child has to learn too. Otherwise, a child many times will turn out like the parent, the abusing parent, absolutely, and so they need to get therapy. 
you cannot change it, okay? You cannot change the mother or the father, say, for the children, say, what you do is get therapy. And yes, um, if you happen to uh, marry someone who is a narcissist. You don't have what? Very high I can't. I can't hear. I'm trying. I'm trying to speak to Albert here. Um, with the behavior patterns of a narcissist, if that narcissist doesn't get help, and this is considered a, a psychiatric disorder, okay, at this point and uh, in time, and that's good. So if he doesn't get help or she doesn't get help, they're not going to change. They're not going to change. And the gray matter, as it's listed, um, is different in a, a person who is a narcissist. So chances are they're not going to change. But for their offspring, if they have children, um, and a lot of times they don't care about the children because they can't control them. They can't, uh, they're not going to get glory from them anymore. If the children haven't been so damaged, they can see that there's something wrong. So someone has to step in and get therapy for that family. That's my answer. So the children don't become like the parents. I appreciate that. So the parent that is not narcissistic, you're, seeking, you're suggesting that they do research and provide counseling, therapy, or whatever modality is necessary to ensure that their parents, um, yeah. that they don't grow up to become like the narcissistic parent. Yes, absolutely. Because too often they, they do. That's why we were talking, like Lori and I were speaking about it before, it's like a cycle. Does the cycle ever end? Does the cycle ever end? I read an article just the other day about narcissism. And it says, like, the cycle is like from the beginning to the end. And that's the way they felt about it. And those studies that I was speaking about from Ohio State University, where there was 123,000 participants, okay, um, it's really a, a type of disorder, mental disorder, that is very hard to work with. But, again, I, I have to keep saying this. If you have children... And, and there's all this uh, chaos in the home. And the children can see it. They're not stupid. And, and they understand that things aren't quite normal until it becomes learned behavior. If it becomes learned behavior, then it's probably too late for those children. The sooner you get the children in for, you know, therapy, and the family, if they'll go, the mother and father, okay, then the better the chance those children have at having a better life and not become a, a narcissist. Thank you very okay. much. Okay. Okay. So, unfortunately, I know a lot of us on, on NASCA um, wish we'd had therapy at a much earlier age. Um, I had parents who were narcissists, both of them, actually. My mother was the uh, main narcissist. My uh, stepfather, when she remarried, um, he was afraid of her. Hey, Lori, <laughs> yeah, my my stepfather was afraid of my mother, and he would yes her to death to keep her um, from acting out because she could become quite vicious, okay? Um, she wasn't scared of anyone, and um, she would switch me and think nothing of it and, and not even care. So, you see, they, 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 it's shock, it's awe. They do these things. Um, after telling you that you're wonderful and you're smart and all this other stuff, but they'll turn it around 
and then all of a sudden they're tired of you being happy and loving and all this sort of stuff to them and tell them what a wonderful mother or father they are, which didn't happen in my family. I never felt that way, but normally speaking. Um, then they lose interest. Once they have their prey and they've gotten what they want from them, sexually, uh, emotionally, every way that you can get, then they're not interested anymore because, you see, they don't know how to love. They simply don't. They can care about someone. It can happen. They can care about someone, but they don't know how to love them because they weren't loved. So that's environmental conditioning. This is what they knew of as a child. This is how they grew up. This is what they learned. So for them to change, no. It's very, very rare, I'm sure. So it's a subject that's um, out there all over the place. It truly is. And um, there's a lot of narcissists out there. So if you see someone who seems to be too good to be true, okay, too good to be true, you might be right, okay? With my first husband, we'd go to the city. I was all dressed. He'd get me pretty dresses, all this other stuff. And um, we'd go to clubs, and he would open the door for me to the car. He would pull my chair out in restaurants. We went to French restaurants because I'm French and Italian. I have a lot of that in me. And we'd go to, you know, these wonderful restaurants. And um, he was grooming me. They look at it as grooming because they can groom their way too, okay, the narcissist. And then once he came back from the service, I was already his wife, already had his son. There was nothing more to groom. And he saw me as a different person. I saw him as a different person. Again, there was no PTSD because he didn't go to Vietnam, right? But I started to see his real self. And then the battle started. The battle started. And uh, there was... um, there was no love left on my part, and he didn't know how to love because, again, remember, they're too much wanting love for themselves, and, and they overvalue themselves too. They think they deserve that love. So it's a, it's a mental illness. That's what it is. And they lose interest in their children because they are no longer the adoring type, they look and they see through them. They don't worship them anymore, like little kids do with their mommies and daddies when they're growing up. Um, and they can't stand criticism of any kind from anyone, no matter who it might be. And uh, they take it as an insult, and then they can become very aggressive. I have this all right here in front of me because I studied all this. Um, aggressive, that's anger. And they many times, not all the time, but many times they pick a codependent people as their spouses and they control emotions and they do gaslighting like we've already spoken about they put guilt feelings on their partner and uh, make them feel like their marriage is failing because of their behavior not their own behavior and um, it's considered a narcissistic personality disorder so um, I guess I answered his question and, Bill, do you have anything else you want to say? I don't think he's there. Is anybody there? I'm here. Okay, good. Um, I just looked at my clock. Holy Christopher, that went fast. <laughs> I didn't realize what time it was. All right. So, anyway, I haven't gotten my 90-second cue yet. 
So, right, so what do you think, Lori? I did hear the whole show, and I'm, I'm really glad we did it. Uh, these are going to happen frequently, fairly frequently, especially mm-hmm. when we don't have a guest. But this topic right. of narcissism is really good, um, and I enjoyed the show very much. I don't have a lot of experience with it. I mean, my, yeah. my parents were not necessarily this way, so I didn't really... I didn't really want to talk on top of, you know, I don't have any, experience, I don't have any examples. But uh-huh. it's a really good topic. I like us doing this, and this is what we're going to do when we can't get enough guests, like tonight. So thank you both, uh, Laurie and, uh, and Carol, and thank you, Albert, uh, all three of you, for uh, putting on a good show. I appreciate it. Well, I thank you for having the opportunity to do it because it's out there everywhere. <laughs> yes, it is. And, you know, yep. I wish I had known more about it when uh, I was getting married, which I'll never do again. Anyway, okay, so the show is over. I got my 90-second cue. Lori, I want to thank you so much. And, uh, you know, she's always like my uh, – she's right next to me there, and I appreciate that. And um, and she always has a lot to offer, too. And, Albert, uh, welcome to the show. I hope I answered all of your questions, and uh, if I didn't, you can always, um, I'm on the uh, contact list, you can always call me on the night owl, Thank you. okay? Thank okay. You. You're welcome. Okay, so good night, everyone. Have a wonderful weekend. Have a safe weekend, and uh, we'll be back again on Monday. Good night now. Love Talk Radio.